I know you remember last week, as soon as they left the synagogue. Made a big deal about that, didn't I? And uh, it's kind of interesting. It's actually a part of this week's reading. And I just got a little, <clears throat> sometimes you just got to say what's there and, and, and just kind of got to go beyond. So you'll have to excuse me that I dipped into this week's reading. Is that okay? Do I need to give you the spill again? No. Please no, right? <laughs> Hopefully, maybe that thought gave you something to consider and maybe it, it, it helped you see your life, see the ministry that you've been given by God in a different way. That when you did leave here, you did go home, or you were with friends, or you were at work, wherever it was you were, you could understand more the ministry that we have as God's people. Now, in that reading, where we're starting after they left the synagogue, we are continuing a whole day in the life of Jesus and his disciples. What I'm calling another day at the office. What we read last week and what we're reading this week spans a whole day. What an eventful day it was. And we start off and we remember that last week Jesus went into the synagogue in Capernaum and boy, he taught with some authority. People were just amazed by what whatever it is he was teaching. And there was a man who had demon and he silenced the demon and everybody was like, Wow, this guy's got authority. And immediately after that was over, they go into the house of Simon and Andrew. And as they go into the house of Simon and Andrew, someone tells them, hey, guess what, Simon? Your mother-in-law is sick. Now, here's where you have to throw out all the good mother-in-law jokes you know. Because this is serious. Ronnie knows some good ones, I guess. I know some a lot of good ones too, but I, I, I just can't use them. I, they don't apply to me. I'm sorry. But anyway, we find out that his mother-in-law is, is pretty sick. It says with fever. And I think we can make the connection. Having a fever doesn't sound like a big deal, but we all know um, having fever-reducing medicine wasn't always available. And we don't know how sick she was, but we just know that she was in bed, she was sick. And when they got there, Someone said, Jesus, guess what? She's sick. Jesus goes to where Simon's mother-in-law is, takes her by their hand, and lifts her up. The fever's gone. And then it says, almost to kind of show the immediate immediacy of what's going on, she gets to serving them. A couple things about that that kind of interest me. Go ahead, you might want to open that. You might want to be looking at it yourself. But what is the first thing that happens when Jesus and his disciples go to the house? What's the first thing that happens? Someone told him. This is what it says. Verse 30. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with the fever, and they told him about her at once. Now, my question is, who is they? And all it says is they. So, i got to think, well, 
Maybe it was Simon and Andrew. Maybe they didn't realize that after synagogue, they were going to their house. Maybe they didn't know the party was going over there. They didn't know they were hosting brunch for everybody else either. And so maybe when they get there, hey, Jesus, since we're here, let me tell you about my mother-in-law. I don't know. It doesn't say that. Or maybe as they got there, people who were there told them, hey, 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 guess what's going on? Some people have suggested that... um, his mother-in-law was ill because of she was living, obviously living with Simon and Andrew, or Simon, excuse me, and his decision to follow Jesus, to just leave everybody and to go on, it just really kind of made her sick. And I think that's just an example of kind of reading too much into the story. It doesn't say anything like that, so I don't think we can make those kind of conclusions, okay? And um, so just be wary of that. All it says is they told him about her. So he goes to her room, takes her by the hand, lifts her up, fever's gone, all is well. And I don't know how long it was. Like I said, Mark kind of gives us the impression that this just happened like that. It was done with. So I don't know if they had the rest of the afternoon to take in their nap. Uh, Maybe, you know, watch a little, well, maybe not golf, but you know, they just kind of hung around the whole afternoon. I'm sure they talked about what happened at church that day. I'm sure maybe they talked about what happened with Simon's mother-in-law. Maybe he was allowed to do the jokes again. I don't know. We don't know how long. We don't know how long it was that they waited there, but we do know when the sun came down, company came. And I don't know that this is quite how it happened. It probably wasn't, but if you can imagine sitting there after church one evening, and you go to open the door, and you got the whole city there at the door. That's the impression Mark gives. And, and you've got to notice that. At sundown. Why is that important, that evening at sundown? Why is that important? Sabbath was over. Now, see, you and I, it may not mean a thing, but to them it did. And it's not all about us, is it? That was a big deal for them. That was the appropriate time that Jesus could do what he could be doing. So after the Sabbath was over, they opened that door. It's like, I ain't seen you in years. Where'd you come from? It's not Easter yet, is it? No. I can get in trouble for that one. But all these people are there. And and this is what it says. Let Let me tell you again. Verse 32. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. Now who's the they? The city. Yeah. Who exactly what? I don't know who it was, but it was everybody who knew somebody that had something wrong with them. What it all comes down to is this. They, whether it's the first part of the story, whether it's the second part of the story, they are people who believe that Jesus could do something about what was going on. Marinate, roll it up, put it in the refrigerator, let it set in, let it soak into who you are. You all with me? They believe Jesus could do something about it. But our story today doesn't end there. Because 
After all those people are gone, who knows how long that took? I mean, think about it. you got to come. Think about going to the doctor. Oh, doctor, you know, I've just been kind of like, oh, I don't know. Well, I think maybe the last time, I don't know if it was that, or maybe when I was outside. you got to tell what's wrong with you. So you can imagine person by person coming in. Oh, Jesus, man, I've had this thing here, and I don't know what's going on. She's like, okay, okay, uh-huh. Boom, you're done. Next. So who knows how long that took? That's probably not quite how it went. But you get the idea. Who knows how long they were there that night? I'm going to assume that it was probably pretty late. And yet Jesus still, the very next morning, Mark tells us, when it was still dark, he had a late Saturday night and still got up early for church. No, that's not what he says. What does it say? In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And what did he do there? Who knows how long he was there doing that? He was there long enough for his disciples to figure out, hey, we've got to go find this guy. And who knows how long it took for them to find him. All this time, Jesus is alone in a place praying. And this is very, this is very interesting to me as I read it. Because when they finally found him, however long it took them, or however short, who knows? Jesus, Jesus, oh man, where you been? We gotta go. Everyone's looking for you. Now, you know me, you got a question. Who's everyone? Well, is it everyone in, in, in the family? Is it everyone, the disciples? Or is there another crowd back at the house? Not really sure. Doesn't say. It just says, Jesus, man, we gotta go. Everyone's waiting for you. And Jesus says, oh really? Oh, okay. Well, let's go. But not over there. We need to go over here, actually. Yeah, but Jesus, everyone's waiting over here. Oh, oh, I know, but yeah, we have to go over here. There's some towns I got to get to over here. Yeah, but Jesus, you know, everyone's kind of like waiting, you know, and they kind of heard what you did yesterday, you know. Can you blame them, Jesus? Everybody's kind of waiting for you over here at my house. Yeah, I know, but these people don't know. But those people know. And see, guys, really, um, I have to go tell them what they don't know. See, in actuality, um, that's why I'm here. Think about that. Jesus says the reason why I'm here is to proclaim a message. So why are we all intent on making sure we bring all of our sick and bring all of our, our needs and all that kind of stuff to Jesus. When Jesus says, I came to give you all a message. And, and please don't misunderstand me. Stay with me. Bringing all those needs is a part of our faith. And certainly, you see, Jesus never ignored that. He, 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 I have to think gladly with love, with the love of God in his heart, healed the mother-in-law. Healed all those people who came to them. He didn't run them off. Healed the lady who touched his garment. Healed, uh, restored uh, Zacharias. We, we, we did all those things we, we know he did. But he says, the real reason why I came was to proclaim a message. What message was that? 
doesn't say, does it? It just says, the message. What is that like? The message, the Bible version we have? Proclaim the message. And he went throughout Galilee proclaiming the message. What is the message? Guys, this is never going to leave as long as I'm here. The message is is that the kingdom of God brings change. That's it. That's what Jesus was proclaiming, the kingdom of God. Here it is, folks. And when the kingdom of God comes, it brings change. And I don't know exactly why he didn't go back, you know, to, to... to, to Peter's house where everybody was waiting for him. But I do know this. He still had other places to go, other people to tell that message to. And friends, I hope you and I are still listening to that message at this very moment. You see, because everybody thinks, you know, Denny's is real crafty. You know, give them a free breakfast and they will come. Anybody get their free breakfast? Now, I'm not a mind reader, but I know if I get up here and tell all of y'all, but you know what? I, I didn't take advantage of the free breakfast. Y'all going to be like, yeah, right. I did, I did, we did try, though. But, you know, my, my love for breakfast, lunch and dinner and everything else in between, <laughs> was kind of overridden by my disdain for long lines and crowded spaces. And so we pulled up to Denny's. And I saw them people, I said, I ain't going in there. <laughs> it ain't worth the $5, for me anyway. But you know what? They gave away the free breakfast, and people did come. Over 2 million people went and got them a free breakfast on Tuesday. Then he said it cost $5 million to do that. Of course, most of that came by the expense of that Super Bowl ad they had to put up. <laughs> That's where most of the money went. And you know what? This isn't the time of, uh, it's the place, it's not really the time, but I think we could learn something from Denny's. But everybody thinks Denny's is real crafty. Yeah. Yeah, let's offer them something free. And, And this is the reason why they said they wanted to do that, to reacquaint people with Denny's. You see, Denny's, I suppose, has gone through an image change over the years, and people think, well, I don't have time. They take too long there. The food's not really good. Food's not really a real good breakfast. And they wanted to offer something free so that people could look at Denny's and say, well, you know what, Denny's isn't really like that. Denny's is actually something good. You know what's really funny about that? God has been offering a free meal for way longer than Denny's. It cost him the life of his son. But it gives us a reminder of the great love of God, the great love of Christ. And it reminds us that we are loved. As far as I'm concerned, that's better than any Grand Slam breakfast. 
in Jesus' name.